Pastor Joan and I are going to minister together. Amen. Two lovers. And we're going to talk about the message today. Two lovers. Two lovers of a real New Testament disciple. Well, actually, it's two loves. I know. Of a disciple. I guess you're thinking of other things. I don't know. But Amen. you know, the true loves we're disciples, disciple. right? Amen. And we have a love in us as believers that the world doesn't have. Truly. So let's get right into the Word of God today in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus said to us, it says, if we were standing right there that day, go therefore and make disciples, not just converts, but disciples, disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus said to make what? Disciples. Disciples. He told his apostles to make disciples. He's telling us to say. And he still tells us today to make disciples. Disciples should be what we are, because how can you make someone a disciple if you're not one, right? A disciple is a, is a learner, a follower, and Jesus wants us to learn from him and to follow him. And so when we're going to talk about these true loves of a disciple, if, if a person's just a convert, they've just said, okay, I, I want Jesus to save me from hell, but then they never serve him, this love won't be evident. But hopefully every one of you here today are or want to become a disciple and we'll see How many here understand that you are a disciple of the Lord? Amen. You're a disciple of the Lord. You're a New Testament disciple. And Jesus is saying uh, as a disciple, the word to be learners. Amen. And you know what else? A disciple follows his master. How many are masters, Jesus, in heaven today? Amen. We're disciples of Christ. We're disciples of Christ, and we're to follow the Lord, and we're to be, to learn, and Jesus wants us to learn from Him, amen, not from the world. He wants us to learn from Him, and you know what else He wants us to do? After we learn, we're supposed to follow Him, amen. I remember that song that they sang when I was baptized back in the, in the 70s, I have decided to follow Jesus, amen. Well, I was a disciple of Christ, and we're disciples today, and Jesus wants us to learn from Him. I can give you the scripture, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and the New King James says this, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Everybody say, learn from me. So Jesus is saying as a disciple that we're to learn from him. And he's saying, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find, look at this, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So Jesus is saying we're to look to him and he's going to teach us some things and we can learn from him and we can be a true disciple of Christ. There's so many things you know yourselves. There's so many things that your heavenly father wants you to learn from the word of God. So many things. But one of the things that are probably up there on the top of the list is how to love Truly, because love never fails, and our faith works by love. So that should be way up there on the list of things we're to learn. Second Peter 1, 2 Peter 1, verse 5 through 8 says, But for this very reason, giving all diligence, add, 
Add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, there it is, love. Now these are all the things Jesus is, is really saying to us as disciples. Look at all these things that we need to be learning, and all these things we need to be doing. And mm. he ends up by saying, but, but you know, we need to, add all, we need to have love. How many know love That's makes right. it all work real good? Amen? That's right. We need to have love. And it says in verse 8, for if these things are yours, and it doesn't stop there, if these things are yours and what? Abound. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the love of God is ours. We know that it was shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. But it's in there. But now God wants that to increase and abound in our life. And if we do, if we allow it to, it says we won't be unfruitful. So basically what God is saying to us is we're supposed to just really, really, really love ourselves. Right? We're to have this passionate love for me. Right? I mean, it's me. It's all about me, right? Is that what God is saying? No, when we, when we're going to talk a little bit about, about the, the true love of uh, what, what loves the disciple is really supposed to have. And it's not just for ourselves. How many know we're probably pretty guilty in the United States and here in Branson West of thinking a lot about me? Can you say amen over here? Is that true? Am I, am I telling you what's true? I mean, how many know something we're a little guilty of thinking too much about ourselves? And, and really, we need to focus on, get back to Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you some things. I want you to be a follower of me. I want you to watch this now. He said, I want you to watch this now because the love I'm going to teach you, some of the things about real love of a disciple is maybe different than what you think. How many are ready to learn? Because we're supposed to be loving as he loved and doing what he did, amen, and accomplishing what he wants. And he wants us to bear a lot of fruit. He sure does. Well, let me just give you up front the three loves of a disciple. And first, the first love is we're to love the Lord. That's number one on our list, and we'll get more into that. The second one, we're to love the brethren, or uh, we're to love the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And then the third thing might be a little more difficult sometimes, but we are to love the lost. Because how many of you know God loves the lost? Uh, that doesn't mean they're your best friends. You hang out with them every Saturday night, but it means you have a Bible love for them and yeah. you actually care Amen. for them and those are the three loves we're going to talk about first of all and first we're going to talk about the disciple of christ loves the lord jesus taught us right that we, we were supposed to love god so and what i said about you know we're supposed to appreciate what the lord done with the righteousness of god in christ but i think you understand what i'm saying that we're to love beyond ourselves amen and one of the things we're supposed to do is we're to love the Lord our God. But how should we love him? Look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. It says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your what? I'm not, you talk about undivided attention here. You're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart. How many of that represents you, your heart, your spirit? I mean, that's who you really are. We're to love the Lord with all of our heart. Look at this. And with all of our soul. That means our intellect, our emotions, and everything about us. We're to love them with the very core of our being. It says, and with all of your mind. 
So, uh, I mean, his disciple John wrote that loving God uh, is more than just, you know, we love our Father God, but we also love his Son Jesus. Amen? 1 John 5, 1 says this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. So a disciple of Jesus is one that loves really our Father and the Son Jesus Christ. Amen. That's right. As Pastor was saying, you know, it's 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 so easy just to think of ourselves because here we are. We live in our body. We feel all the feelings we have. We look in the mirror. We see us. We know our needs more than anybody's needs on earth. So it's it would be very easy just to get self-focused. But if we're a disciple of Christ and you're learning from Jesus, from the word of God, you know more and more with assurance what you have been redeemed from. You know with more and more assurance how good God is, that God is not your problem. And it becomes, in a sense, easier to love God, but it's always a discipline. A disciple will turn his affection to God and do God's will over what the flesh wants to do. Because let's face it, my flesh would just like to maybe stay home and eat Cheetos today. You know, but a disciple's going to know, no, we're going to pray, we're going to get in the word of God, we're coming to church, we're worshiping God. It's a discipline, isn't it? It's a discipline It's learning from God. him. It's getting to know his word. And then you know that he says, set your affection on the things of God. And, you know, put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the... It's, it's, once you get to know the Lord and how good he's been to you, then, then you'll, beginning to, you'll begin to wanting to do everything he asks us to do. And, yeah. and that's why God said, you need to love me with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. You need to look to me, amen, as the author of your salvation. And then once you understand how, how much... I I love you and understand what I've done for you. I mean, we can, we can go out and tell a whole lot of people what God has done for us. Amen. Can. And then a disciple of Christ loves the brethren. Now, that doesn't mean just the guys. We love the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters, our family in Christ. Amen. I think that's a true. Jesus really made this like a benchmark of true discipleship. Amen. If we could not just love God, but how many, how many it's pretty easy to love God? I mean, really think about it. I mean, let me ask you this. Has God, I want you to understand, God, I'll say it for you. God has never disappointed you. Now, you may have been disappointed by people. But let me tell you this right now. Our Father God in heaven has never disappointed you because he's a loving God. He's an awesome God. He's our, now we have may, have, may have disappointed ourselves, amen, but God will never disappoint you. I mean, we can have faith in a loving God. He will never, ever, ever disappoint you. Well, the you. key is to learn about God. Learn exactly. about him through the word because some people think God did things he never did. He didn't have any part of the awful things that happened in their life and they're blaming God. God was not your problem in life and will never be. He's your solution. But now we get to love each oh, other. Yeah. Now, now we that's, get each other. <laughs> that's where the real test is. That, how many know that God gave us a mighty anointing from heaven? How many know he gave us a, a, a major, dealt us a major measure of faith? Probably so we can love each other. Huh? Amen? I mean, that's a mark of true discipleship 
is when we can love each other. Now understand this. There's going to be different degrees of how you associate with people. You can love the lost, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to go do what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? And I can love people, although you may actually hate what they're doing. Okay, and you've got to love your brother and sisters, even though they may not be doing right, but you keep loving them, but it doesn't mean you be, start doing what they're doing. How many know we have to understand those things? Amen? So, but we keep loving God, the, loving the lost. We want everybody saved. In fact, when we go stand today and pray, if, that, if, if just the thought of a little baby being aborted doesn't touch you, you need to get before God and ask Him to give you more uh, of an understanding because, uh, you, you know, when I held up our little uh, granddaughter up last night, and I got lots of grandchildren, but that was one of them. I mean, she, she was such a delight for hours. I mean, just so for hours. And, and, and you wouldn't want to see a little child like that not be able to come into this world. Can you say amen? Nor there's people today that are hurting across America because of the, because of the, the crisis in America. But let me tell you this right now. I mean, oh, God's our helper. See, to you and I, man, God loves me. To you and I, man, I got faith God's going to take care of me. But there's people that don't understand that. We just got a report. One of her classmates took her life yeah. in the last few days. Why? Because she probably didn't understand. Maybe she hadn't heard that God loves you, man, with an incredible, passionate love. He's provided a great salvation. He's a great God. He'll help you. Amen? And that's the type of God we serve. He's there for you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you. He's not going to disappoint you. But you and I have to keep our eye on him and keep our faith in the Lord. Absolutely. Jesus said in John 13, verse 34 and 35, he said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And here's how, as I have loved you, that's important. That could be a whole message in itself, that you also love one another. And by this, by this, by the fact that we love each other, all will know that you are my converts, disciples. Disciples, a disciplined learner of the Lord. All will know that you are my disciples if, if you have love for one another. Christianity shouldn't be something you put on on Sunday morning. Christianity is our life, being Christ-like. Walking in obedience to God, learning and obeying him. And when we do that, we're going to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And because we do, people will know you are not a phony baloney. It's real. That's what should make a big difference to the world between the lost and the believing. It's the true love they have for one another. Amen. Amen. I, I think that. You know, in everything we do, it's not just being at church. It's, it's, it's being a Christian at home. It's, you know, the world can see the love we have toward each other. Even on work day yesterday, for people to come driving through here and, and people that, the mailman, the people that come to Dan, they see us, they've seen 25 to 30 people yesterday. I, I looked around, I, I mean, 25 to 30 people washing windows, paint, I mean, a whole group of young people painting fences out here, a bunch of men over here working on the stairway, people down there, and, and, and uh, 
I mean, I am, as a pastor, I couldn't be any more thankful and, and proud, uh, whether I'm not talking about the pride, I'm talking about just happy, thankful, proud of the, the men and the women that serve here. They were in here in this auditorium, they had scaffolding set up, changing the light. There's a lot of things that go on. Come on, there's a lot of things that go on here, and, and there's people that say, I'm a Christian, but then there's people that are living as a Christian. See what I'm saying? There's a big difference. And, and John here, uh, I, John you know, you know, I've only known for a time, but I've got a special heart for him. And, and of course, you too, Doug. <laughs> He's his worker. But, but, but you know, just, I'm just picking on John for a minute. John comes here, and, 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 and he wasn't even a member of the church or anything like that. And, and ever since he walked on this property, he has been nothing but an incredible blessing. And he was saying to me, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. And, and I mean that, John. And uh, people that will do that, that's real love. And uh, <laughs> that's real love. Real brothers and sisters doing something. We're doing that for the kids. We're doing that for the youth. We're not doing that for us. All the people that were here yesterday were cooking and shining and cleaning and Doing all, it's, it's because we have such a love in our heart. We want to touch people's lives with this love. And, and John was saying, I think we should do this with the stairway. I should do that. He said, we need to get more. Le-. And he's, he's thinking about that. And I'm saying, what a gift. What a gift to have the different peoples in this congregation have such a love for God that they're going to demonstrate that love by caring for each other and, and knowing that the, the, the works we're doing, Jesus said, the good works that we do, people will see that. And when they see a church working together, unity, no strife, no division, no bickering, nobody trying to do their own thing, no selfish ambition being running loose and doing your own. When they see a, a church working together, loving together, standing down here together with signs because we love humanity. That's what this, this is what Christianity is all about. We've got to be there for each other. Can you say amen? That's right. That's right. And that's proof. That's a benchmark. If we really love God, yeah. the benchmark is we're going to love each other. Can you say amen? Yeah. To the point of laying down our life. That's we right. could preach a whole message on John. Oh. He said, and we're to love as. He said, yeah. I want you to love people like I. Yeah. Like I have loved you. What did Jesus do? He shed his blood. He went to the cross. He, like Melissa was saying when she was complaining about carrying the cross around, feeling bad for herself, how hard and heavy it was. And then the Lord spoke to her and said, but you're carrying a cross to live. I carried a cross to die for your sins. And that changed her life. Amen. Amen. Come on over here, dear. Take charge. <laughs> First John, John three fourteen says, we know that we've passed from death to life. Here's how we know. We know we're a real wow, believer because so we love the brethren. You know, not all brethren are easy to love. But you know you're a real believer when you make a decision to love them even when it's not easy. He who does not love his brother, it says he abides in death. That's not a good place to be. Just think, that must mean that when we love the body of Christ... We're abiding, abiding in life instead of death. You know, John, John the, uh, the apostle says, this is a sign to you and I 
I mean, that's pretty incredible right here. I don't want this to go right over your head. I want you to think about it. The Apostle John said, this is a sign to you. This is the hard evidence that you're really a Christian. Now think about that for a minute. Is that we know you, we have passed from death unto life because this is, the, this is how we know. We love the brother. We love the sisters in the Lord. I mean, and he who does not love his brother abides in death. Isn't that pretty powerful? Amen. That's a sign that we really, that we are really saved or really Christians that when we begin loving people. Amen. That's right. In 1 John 2, beginning in verse 9, this, this, this whole passage is awesome too. He who says he's in the light, now notice he's just saying it. He's just talking the talk. He's not walking the walk. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. You know, it doesn't matter what we say if we don't live it. Amen? He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there's no cause for stumbling in him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? To abide in the light. To abide in the light. No cause for stumbling. There's not one of us that like to stumble. You know, I remember one time I, I was carrying, I think it was either London or Parker when they were little, carrying him around the backyard, and I stumbled and fell, and I just, I still have a scar. I mean, I hit a metal stake, and I didn't want to drop the baby, but I stumbled. When you stumble, even in your walk with God, sometimes you get hurt. And there's not one of us like to be hurt, amen? We like to live our life free from that. So we have to abide in the light. So here it says how to turn that light up. He who loves his brother abides in the light. You're turning the light up. In other words, you're going to see if, if the devil sent something to trip you up, you'll see it a whole lot more clear if you're walking in the love of God. Because there's, there's no cause for stumbling in him. And there's also when you live right, you're not going to be that stumbling block for anyone else, right? But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness. And isn't it sad? It says he does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Every one of us need direction in our life. We need direction today. We need direction tomorrow, every day of our life. We need direction from God so we go the right places and say the right things and do the right things. So if we want that light on, so, so we won't stumble, but we're going to know the right way to go, walking in love is I mean, just well, that's a huge pretty good. Part. That's pretty good stuff right there, amen? In other words, we make a decision that we're going to walk in the love of God. We're really saying that I'm going to walk in the light of the Lord, amen? So, so walk in love, amen? Make a decision that you're going to walk in love. And, and, uh, and you have to understand there are some people that... You love, as I said before, you love them, but you don't necessarily reach out and do, be where they're at. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and there are people uh, that you have to really qualify. Are they lost or are they really saved? We'll say, how do, you, how do I tell the difference? I like what Fred Price did one time. If they're not bearing the fruit of a Christian, they're probably not a Christian. Are you listening to me? They may, they may have had a spiritual awakening. 
There's people that the enemy will send into churches. I've seen it over the past 30 years that acted like Christians just to come in and get money from the church. And then they go from one church to another church to another church, and I get calls from other pastors and say, hey, did that fellow stop by there for money? I said, yeah, well, don't give him any. He said, because we got together and he stopped at every single church in Branson. You see, how many know we keep loving people like that and praying for them? But if you're really a Christian, how many know you're going to have some fruit? Amen? So you have to be careful how much time you spend uh, on people that are not good ground. People that are good ground are going to receive the word. If they don't receive the word, they don't receive your teaching, they don't make any changes into their life, you keep loving them, but you go to people that need help. Can you say amen? And the third thing that we see, the third true love of the disciple, is to love the lost. Now, that's not a type of love that you get together and spend every moment with each other, but you certainly have to have a love for the lost because our Father God did. Amen? A verse that probably everyone in here knows is John 3.16. For God, what? So loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved <clears throat> a world that had turned their back on him. He loved a world that had disobeyed him. He loved so much that he sent, think about it, his only begotten son. I challenge you to think about that verse this week and meditate on probably the simplest verse or maybe the one we hear more often than anything else. I challenge you to meditate on that verse and I think it could bring each one of us to our knees with a heart of gratefulness that when we had turned our back on God, you know, when we were first married and he came home and told me someone had witnessed to him and told him about the Lord. And I said, don't talk to me about that junk. I don't want anything to do with that religious stuff. You know, every one of us surprised said things like that. But the grace of God that has not let go of us when we were unlovely. I come in to remember those days, amen. <laughs> and and uh, you, you kind of scared me when you said that that time. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, uh, the Lord was working with us, wasn't he? I mean, <laughs> our marriage was under a major challenge. <laughs> and our life was under a major challenge. And uh, I can remember hearing the gospel. And how many can remember hearing the word of God, the gospel, for the first time? I mean, I was shaken. I mean, I was... How many know what it means to be convicted? I mean, I felt lost and like I was going to hell. And when I told my wife, I said, you know, he was telling me about being born again and, and how there was a new birth in the family and all that kind of stuff. What do you think of that? She said, don't talk to me about that stuff. Never <laughs> talk to me about Hallelujah. <laughs> so how many know there's hope? And, and you know something? Then what time went by and I said, you know, I said, uh, why don't we just go visit and see what's different about them? And listen, show you how that you, you can have an impact on people. These were my, this was my sister and my brother-in-law and a lot of people I knew in the community. 
And they were acting weird. We thought. See y'all weird. Totally different. Peculiar, really, not, yeah. you know. But anyways, I, weird meant to, to me like they're reading their Bibles. That was weird. And they were really happy. Yeah, that they were happy. That was strange. They were happy, you know. And they're getting together and singing songs, you know. And who would take the time to go to a Bible study and stuff that like that, you know. Weird. Go to church on Sunday and all that. So, and they were all acting, you know, going in these revivals singing, and all that. So, they were clapping. Yeah, happy people. So all of a sudden, we decided, to, you know what, why are they like that? Why are they so happy? We've got to check this out. And my one little sister said, don't you become involved in that. She said, that's a cult. They're reading their Bibles. <laughs> reading their Bibles and praising the Lord and all that kind of making fun of it. I mean, that must it. be a cult, right? They're reading their Bibles and praising uh, the Lord. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, curiosity got the best of us. And we went to that Bible study, and, and everybody was lifting their hands. Oh, yeah. Everybody lifting their hands and singing these songs and testifying about Jesus. Yeah. And, and the more they testified, the lost, more lost I felt. The more they testified and the more the light they talked about, the darker I felt. And, and I got to the point where at the end I just raised my hand and says, if you all saved, I know I'm not. <laughs> so isn't it amazing how that when you live for the Lord and you let your light shine and you let Jesus flow through you, the impact you can have on people. It was, I got saved because of all that stuff. That's right. Amen. Um, Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you know God Almighty sent his son for us before we ever did anything for him? Do you see how much grace that is? We can't say any of us are saved because of how good we are. It's all because of the oh, grace of God. And, and when you know that grace, do you see how that helps you maintain that love and compassion for the lost? They haven't done a thing for you. Some of the teenagers that come, they might look a little odd sometimes. They might act a little strange. But the, your theme this year is, is love, right? We love like that. You, you care enough to do something for them. But it isn't because any one of them have done anything for you. So you are loving like a disciple, you are loving like a disciple. And Jesus said, look, just feel Jesus' heart with this uh, last scripture here. Matthew 9, beginning in verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, oh, now think, we could just put, that. you know, multitudes as one big mass. But, you know, multitudes are many, many individuals. Each, I think Jesus, as he saw that multitude, he saw every person. He saw the need in every person's life. And he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like a sheep having no shepherd. We need a shepherd, don't we? Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. 
Can you feel the heart of Jesus as he says this? As he looks at those multitudes, as he's moved with compassion and love in his heart, the harvest is truly plentiful. He saw all those people, but you know what else he saw? The labors are few. Isn't that a tragedy? And Jesus said that to his disciples. And, you know, we talked about the three different types of love. The the love of the Lord God with all our heart and soul and mind. And that love is to be, we're to love brothers and sisters. And we're to love the lost. And Jesus is saying right here uh, that, that he was moved with compassion for all the hurting people. Let me ask you this today. Should we not as a church, with that love that's been deposited on the inside of us, have that compassion to reach out to the lost? And the hurting. Is that what we are doing as a church? Amen. We're reaching out. We're reaching out. And we're going to talk. The next time we come together, we want to minister to you about how, how we now as a church can demonstrate to the world and demonstrate to our community in many ways this love that we're talking about today. Because Jesus, Jesus went everywhere, it says. Listen to this. All over the cities, everywhere he went, he was moved with compassion. Let me ask you that. Do you have that compassion? Did God give you compassion? Did he? Did he? Did he? Yes. He, he, you have it because you have his nature. And you do have compassion. That's why we were all down there working yesterday. We have compassion. Listen, we, we're not doing that necessarily so we can just enjoy some cement in the back. We're doing that for a higher purpose. How many can see by the eye of faith hundreds of young people playing basketball, and fellowships going on, barbecues going on, a 180 back here, three-story one day, filled with people, and, and the church growing, and we're reaching the masses. We see it by the eye of faith. So it moves us by compassion now to be faithful in the, in the little. Amen? Because if we're faithful in the little, just like our internship, now we've got more interns coming and it's growing and growing. Amen? Because we're being faithful, Pastor Joan. Just wanted to finish that passage that after Jesus said, after Jesus said, the harvest is truly plentiful, as he looked on the multitudes and saw each and every person, I think it was with a heavy heart he said, the laborers are few. And then he said, therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. You know, we're to pray for labors, but higher than that, we're to be one. In being one, we're being a disciple, aren't we? We're doing the will of God. We're, we're, We're taking that heart of compassion that Jesus had as he looked at that multitude, and instead of just seeing a bunch of people, he saw each one. I challenge you to start looking at people. Look at their faces. Instead of just driving down the highway, look at the faces, you see. Instead of just walking through the store, look at their faces. Because you might be the laborer God has sent. How many know there's a lot of people out there in our community, in Walmart, every store you go, that need Jesus? Come on, how many know the world needs love, the world needs Jesus, they, they think it may be just a worldly love, but they really need Jesus. That's, that's what they need. And I can tell you this right now, even as the pastor of this church, I pray, I read the Word of God, I study, I preach. But let me tell you something right now, I would like to win more souls. 
How many would stand with me this morning to say we could do more? Let's stand. How many believe you could do more? How many know we should do more? How many know we're going to do more? <laughs> Come on, amen. How many here would like to personally win some souls to the Lord and pray with them individually and literally have the joy of seeing that person come into the kingdom. Because I tell you this right now, every time I have done it, Bill, Joni, Pete, you know what I'm saying? Every time we have personally prayed with somebody, they come into the kingdom, it has got to be the greatest joy on the face of the earth as a Christian. There's no greater joy than to see somebody come and be birthed into the kingdom, and all of a sudden they come on fire for the Lord, amen? And you know, listen, we know we snatched a soul literally from hell. Can you say amen? If we really understand the Bible, we really have done that. And yes, then we get them into the Christian church and they grow and we have fun serving the Lord. But there is, an, there is a great work to be done and the heart of God is He wants us to have the same heart. To not just love Him and love each other, but love the lost. And we've got that opportunity right here at Living Word to love the lost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's let's pray this morning. Pastor Joan, we're going to receive communion this morning. Father, today we want to thank you for the awesome privilege we have as believers to love each other. And Father, we, we put it on record today, Lord. We lift up our hand to you and say we love you, Lord, with all of our heart. All of our soul and all of our mind. We ask you to help us, Lord, to love each other on a daily basis. We ask you, Lord, to help us have more passion and stir that passion up and that joy of reaching out beyond our time, beyond ourselves, and to sacrificially take time to pass out tracks, stand in the gap here today, ride the buses, Come to 180, missions here and abroad. Help us, Lord, to have more of a heart for what's important to you. In the name of Jesus.